Okay, enough. Don't listen to this guy. Everything's conspiracies with him. Not conspiracies. Conspiracy. Singular. Comics fans of all ages, welcome to episode three of the Comics Playground. I am Ryan King, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the man of many faces. Hello, I'm David Banner. Or, uh, I mean, my name is uh, David Bolton. David Bolton. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, Mr. King, don't make yes. me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> All right, so that's Eric. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that was very good, though. I almost was fooled to thinking your name was David Bolton. Yeah, rather than David Banner. Well played. I asked I asked David why he goes by David and not Bruce, and he said they they told him that that Bruce didn't sound manly enough. Yeah. So. Well, the purple pants are always a giveaway, though. Yeah. If you see someone coming up who wants a job and they have purple pants on, say no. <laughs> it's just bad things. Where all right, he, well... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, where does he get all these purple pants anyway? I have no idea. I've never been to a store that sells purple pants he that I can them. recall. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something, he gets some, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. The creature is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Well, for episode three, uh, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, before we get to that, though, we have some news items, starting with our new website. We talked to the last episode how we had our Blogspot website, but we've gone ahead and simplified things for everybody, including ourselves. And you can now visit our website at www.comicsplayground.com. And that's going to be our main online home along with the forum, which you can find on the comics forums, and the forum is also linked to from our website as well. Um, so there you'll find all our announcements about upcoming reviews that are coming up, upcoming required reading, um, and also some different links um, relating to All Ages Comics. Uh, and Eric and I have also just begun to do some of our kind of uh, extracurricular reviews, which we call our extra credit. I know Eric has already reviewed uh, the next issue of Legion of Superheroes after the one that we had reviewed for episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also reviewed uh, a really awesome cartoon that can be found at marvelkids.com. Um, it's a three-parter computer animated cartoon called Iron Man's Adventure. And uh, you can go there and read our reviews, but I definitely recommend checking out 
the Iron Man's adventure because it's fantastic. Yeah, and and that whole Marvel Kids site I was looking over it the other day. They've got a lot of cool stuff on there. I really have to applaud Marvel for for that site. Yeah, it looked like a lot of content that uh, you know a lot of the younger readers can enjoy as well as the older readers if that cartoon was any indication. Yeah, and uh, we have a link to it on our website as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, well we've talked about it before. Uh, Gnome by Dave Dwanch. Uh, this month, the month of February, uh, you can start pre-ordering the book uh, from your local comic shop or from uh, DCBService.com. Uh, DCBService or DCBS uh, is actually offering the book at 45% off. Uh, you can get that for $3.84. Um, the cover price is $6.99. And if you pre-order it from DCBS, Dave is also including a free sketch. So that's that's really cool. Um, I know he made, uh, Ryan, he made you a really cool Hulk sketch, so that's a good indicator. Yeah. Yeah of what kind of work you'll, you'll get from him. Uh, so, yeah, really, you should take advantage of that deal at DCBS if you're not already a customer of theirs. Uh, go check them out. Uh, it's a good way to get your monthly comics, uh, get a good discount on everything. Uh, again, Gnome, uh, it's Dave's 64-page uh, full-color original graphic novel. Uh, the, origi- the cover price for it is $6.99, and that'll be out sometime in April. You can find uh, more information about it in this month's previews on page 342. Or at www.superrollgraphics.com slash gnome. Excellent. Yeah. And why pay six ninety nine for it if you can order it now for three eighty four? Okay. Well, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we have a different kind of episode for you today. Unfortunately, we have been hit by the delay bug. But it worked out okay because we were planning something different for this episode anyway. Um, we were contacted... Um, by an artist who is currently working on a project for Marvel named Steve Scott. And we have done a rather informative interview with him that we're going to share in this episode rather than do our normal review format. Um, as far as the required reading goes, um, because of the delays, we've had to make some changes. We have something special planned also for next episode, which we'll get to after the interview. Uh, and then we are going to be going with the uh, Speed Racer, Chronicle of the Racer, number one, for episode five. And then moving Doctor Who, issue one, to episode six. Uh, I think uh, the Chronicles of the Racer is supposed to be out sometime early February. And mm-hmm. then Doctor Who at the end of February, um, due to some rights issues with BBC. Um, but because of that, we decided to... Uh, kind of change things up so we can still get our required reading in, but give those t- books time to get to us, and then uh, proceed on with our required reading from there. Yes. So, yeah, delays being what they are, we made the best of it. Yeah, and we didn't want to delay our episodes, you know, still get those out every two weeks, so we we, did exactly. some, yeah, we changed some things around. We're flexible. Yes. You're like the elongated man, I'm like Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. There you go. Hey, maybe uh, maybe Bruce Banner got his pants from uh, Mr. Fantastic. Possibly. Yeah. Wrong color, though, but could be. Yeah. <laughs> he could have died or something. Well, like I said, we have the uh, interview here with Steve Scott, and let's go ahead and give that a listen. Alas, even though it's Bruce Banner's intelligence that's needed the most, the anguished scientist is unable to hold his transformation into a creature of pure, unbridled power. (laughs) 
With us right now is Steve Scott, artist who can currently be found coming soon on Marvel Adventures Hulk. Steve, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. We're glad to uh, get your message saying that you're interested in coming in and talking to us, so we didn't hesitate to jump at the uh, opportunity here. So we've, uh, of course, come together with some questions here that we wanted to ask you, and uh, I'll go ahead and let Eric start off first uh, with our first official Comics Playground interview. Okay. Hey, first, this is Eric. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Uh, thanks for being on the show hey, again. Eric. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess we'll, if you're ready to get cracking, um, uh, first question, I just want to ask you, uh, uh, what was your introduction to comic books? Um, when did you first discover comics, I guess? Oh, man. <clears throat> you know, I, I was a kid, and, and I, I do remember, you know, the wonderful graphic images of uh, picking up some, uh, like, Captain America's or Spider-Man and, um, and Hulk. And, I, 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 you know, I, I would pick up these comics and, and, and see them and love the visuals, but I didn't have the interest in reading them at the time until Hulk 200 came along. I, I picked it up, and I loved I was like, man, he's, he's going against every villain there is here, and it's great. But I didn't understand he had a helmet on. <laughs> and so I had to read the story to find out what was going on there. Huh. And so, you know, I, I seem to remember my earliest comic book read was actually uh, uh, Hulk 200. Uh, but I had interest in Spider-Man and, and uh, all of those characters. Eventually it, it turned into the DC stuff to Batman and uh, um, Justice League of America. I really loved the Justice League of America book, too, a lot. Cool. It, it, I just went, you know, all across between the two companies uh-huh. at that, after that. I'm sorry. How old are you? Oh, I'm 39 years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pushing 35, so we we probably got into comics around the same time. Well, the, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah you uh, you know the comics when I was a little bit older and really then into collecting comics. And I mean, I was talking when I mentioned what I just said. It was I was you know really a young kid, just you know just out of learning how to read. Uh-huh. But uh, when I got into comics heavily. Um, I mean, the man, Chris Claremont, X Men were out. Oh, Mike yeah. Miller yeah. was writing and drawing Daredevil. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just for me, it was an amazing time. But then, when I talk to different fans, different generations, each of each time for them is an amazing time. It doesn't matter if there was something going on to get you in the comics. That was that was magic for you at that time. Oh yeah. But, but that was my magic. So. Cool. Okay, well, you, you know, in, in that answer, you pretty much answered my next question. I was going to ask you what's your favorite comics and characters, but you already kind of went over that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, right now I'm lucky enough to be drawing the Hulk, and, and because it's Marvel Adventures Hulk, it's really close to being the Hulk I grew up on, and now uh-huh. I'm just a character I always, always really wanted to draw. Um, I was a big Spider-Man fan, but I was more into the Peter Parker aspect of it. I loved... Uh, all of his, his you know, crazy stuff about just surviving, you know, being a teenager and surviving, you know, young adulthood. Um, and uh, Batman, and all the detective aspects of Batman I really enjoyed. Um, that was just really fun stuff to me. But, uh, yeah, it just goes across. X-Men, I enjoyed X-Men, too, and, and Daredevil, like I had mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. Cool. cool. Did you also uh, have some favorite cartoons you recall growing up with? Funny you should mention that. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, there's a couple of there's when I was growing up, when I was a kid, uh, man, I, I used to love to get up on you know Saturday morning. To, oh yeah. To see, there's two things I had to say. I, I had to watch Scooby Doo, and I had to watch the Super Friends. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
Uh, and as a matter of fact, just the other day, I happened to spot. A, I haven't told the wife about this yet, but I got it for a good price. I happened to see some uh, uh, original uh, art from the uh, animated show, the original pencil art. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah, Lex, Lex Luthor and Brainiac. And I was like, man, I saw this, and man, the, the kid in me just spoke. And, I, I <laughs> and they just came in today. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, I started out on the Super Friends cartoon and all that too. Oh yeah, yeah. That stuff is just fantastic. And uh-huh. do you remember the live action stuff that they did then too? There's a couple of live action, uh, like the live action Spider Man and live action Hulk. No, no, like there was a live action uh, DC, like the superhero roast or something. I think it was. Oh, called. I don't I remember. They, they had... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say. I just remember they they had that. You know, I remember once, once or twice. I remember seeing that before, and it was just always such a big treat to see people in those costumes mm-hmm. it was odd and it didn't hmm. seem to fit but it was it was neat to see you know yeah. yeah i don't remember it from the time specifically but i have seen the clips on youtube here lately actually so yeah yeah it, it's pretty funny isn't it? <laughs> yeah. i've never even heard of that i'm gonna have to check that out oh on yeah YouTube. yeah it's really funny you get like all these like classic comedians dressed up as the legion of doom too it's um, like uh, yeah exactly like soupy sales is like dr savannah or something i think I remember oh, it was so funny when the flash would would actually speed away. All all you see is you see the actor pose in a in a running pose, and then of course they zapped him out of the scene. And it, was, it was the best. It was the best they can do. But we we knew what was happening. Yeah. Maybe that's what they were going for with that JLI episode that never made the light of day. Oh my gosh. Oh man. All right. Well, we've kind of covered how you kind of got your interest in comics, but then when did you begin actually drawing comics? Man, you know, I I knew that I wanted. I, I, well, I discovered that I wanted to really draw and draw comics and storytell. After, um, man, I, I was picking up the Micronauts, and I, I remember I, I I just picked up my first issue of Micronauts. It was issue three, uh, Death of Duel at Daytona Beach, and, and you know the interesting thing to me is that for the first time in comics. It wasn't centered around a bunch of big buildings and skyscrapers, you know. In my mind, I guess, you know, being in comics, you you, you know, every day was all about New York, and, you know, Manhattan. Yes. Um, well, you know, it was drawn by, you know, a fairly new guy in the business at the time, Michael Golden, who was living mm-hmm. in Florida at the time when he drew that. And, and, you know, it looked like it was, it looked like my hometown of Biloxi, Mississippi almost. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just really neat. But I, I fell in love with his artwork. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I, I was nine years old, and I was like, you know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, and, and it, that's a tough decision. You know, that for me, that was like, throw, you know, throwing a football at the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, but I didn't think I could do it, but I did. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay. Um, the, what advice would you give to, like, to, like, an aspiring artist? Or is there any books that you would recommend to look at or anything like that? Um, there was, you know, some of these are almost outdated. Um, there was uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, the original one. I've not even seen the newer, the newer version. I know they got one. But, um, I learned from it, and there's still so much you can learn from it about how to build a figure. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're sculpting. You know, so many kids when I see draw, they start out with the outline. And, and they don't have a building process. They don't start off with the general forms and shapes on, on, on the figures. And that's how we all do it, you know, even the season pros to some degree. Um, so I would say How to Draw Comics and Marvel Way, the original, you know, Stanley, John B. Summer. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, 
you know, some of the other books I learned from are outdated. They, they talked about the printing process and all. There was a John Atkins Richardson book that was on cartooning. It was fantastic. But so much of it is, is, is outdated, uh, like the stuff on coloring and color steps. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I would tell any, anybody interested in the, in the uh, occupation. Um, find out where it is you fall that you want to be in mm-hmm. you know, this business. Like people may open up that comic and be just thrilled by looking at the beautiful bright colors and, and just think it's amazing and, and you know they they might be better suited to be a colorist you mm-hmm. know um, I'd say the important thing is to actually do every day what you'd love to do whether it's the writing coloring or a combination of all the, all of the things involved you know just, just you know be happy in what you're doing yeah yeah, I've actually heard interviews with a lot of other artists. They say that you know they started out like tracing some of their favorite characters from the comics and stuff. And I even did some of that when I was a kid. You know, I'm not, I don't draw now, but you know, I think I, I did that some. So I think that's yeah. another good way to. I, you know, I've never done the tracing. It was weird. I, I, I never thought about it. Now um, I did. Uh, you know, when I when I found you guys on the site, too, I see you guys are all fathers too, and that's why you mm-hmm. uh, you know have <laughs> the, the all audiences, you know, comics and stuff, you know. Um, for all you know, uh, all ages. Anyway, um, my son loves to draw, and and he takes my draw. Like I'll do a drawing, I get a page finished if it's a really good scene of the Hulk and thing fighting or whatever, and uh, I'll copy it out, a little small copy, and I hand it to him, and he just has a fun time. He he, I got him a little light table, and he traces over it. And cool. He loves doing that, hmm. and I think he's learning from it. He showed me a drawing of a fist he did the other day all on his own and, and, and he, he just learned by me on how I look at a fist and how I, I learned to draw from looking at things you know? yeah yeah. I think it must be a good way to learn like where the lines go and how they intersect and everything just to be even tracing it, it is the, the only downfall with it is is that the, the techniques uh, 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 that are used in conveying images um, are different per person and like some people, for instance, don't add a lot of heavy. They don't spot blacks anymore. They don't do a lot of feathering techniques. They, there's, you know, everybody's got their own different way of conveying the mass and the shapes and the sizes of, of, of images. And uh, I, I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to teach a kid the techniques. I, uh, it's more of okay, teaching them how to look and how to then form their own way of, of, of perceiving things. That's you know, because otherwise, you know, I. If you handed everybody, let's say, a Jack Kirby and said, this is how you draw comics and uh-huh. start tracing, kid, then you got everybody drawing like a Jack Kirby. Yeah. And I, I love Jack Kirby, but, you know, we, we've had our, our period of time in comics where everybody was drawing like Rob Liefeld because Rob Liefeld <laughs> was a hot item. You, you, you see what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. You don't want mimicry as much as you want the new idea, and that's normally derived from teaching them how to look, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how to observe. I was just about to say I never really traced the comics, but like when I was reading Hulk, now I used to actually copy, you know, not not like trace it like right over it, but I used to copy like Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, and yeah. uh, those guys. And then it does make it harder because then eventually, like you feel like you're so influenced by these people's styles, like these different artists who you like, that then it makes it hard for you to find your own style in there, or and then, or your style becomes like a conglomeration. Because there's like basically you kind of pick in different things you like about their styles, and you try to kind of use a little bit of it in your own work. Well, no, that's true, and, and that aspect still happens no matter what. Um, you, you know, even without tracing, I mean, there's there's I've got such influences by so many, you know, uh, you know Michael Gold and Jack Kirby, but then I've got influences by Wally Wood. I've got uh, 
Alex Pope. I mean, it just uh, there's a wide spectrum of people that I, I get in their, their work. I get really excited about, and and they're all based on really good storytellers. Um, there's a lot of artists I know in the '90s that drew some beautiful pictures. You know, that, that, that you know made me look at and go, "Oh, that was really cool." <laughs> but when it came to the storytelling, you know, there was there were very few Will Eisners out there. Mm. You know, um, yeah, and. Uh, I, you know, my, my my thing, I think, I think is a storyteller. That's that's what drew me to Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, some of the top storytellers in the comics industry right now uh, are residing in this area. And uh, I just, you know, it, it's it's really neat to be around those people. <laughs> cool, cool. And have you also taken any other kind of like formal art classes or any kind of training as far as that's concerned? Uh Nothing that led towards comics. I, I went to college, uh, and uh, they knew that I, I wanted to get into comics. But of course, to them, that was commercial art and commercialism. So they didn't. You know, they wanted to teach real art. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, so everything self-taught, to for the most part. Uh, nice. And most of all, the comic book artists that I ever talked to will say the same that it, they're very, very self-taught. Hmm. All right. Okay, um, let's see. I guess uh, we can start. I uh, kind of give us a rundown of like some of some of your other previous work that we might have uh, seen you on before. Well, um, well, this year especially, if anybody watches the the TV show Smallville, um, there was a uh, for six episodes they did a, a a thing called Justice and Doom. It was a, like a semi animated sequence, like a flash animated mm-hmm. animated part of the story, and. Uh, so, you know, on national television, there's both Justice and Doom, and I did two of the episodes. I did uh, episode two and, um, let me see, episode two and episode five. Okay, yeah, I saw that on your DeviantArt page, how you mentioned that. I was going to ask you about that, what that was. There, was yeah. that the Yaris commercials that you're talking about? Yeah, the, the Yaris fell in with that. Uh, matter of fact, the story, you know, each character in the story, if they had a vehicle, if there was a car shown, it was just a Toyota Yaris, or there was Toyota trucks also involved. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a creative services job through DC Comics, and, uh-huh. uh, and of course their client being Toyota and Warner Brothers combined. So uh, every bit of the drawing I did had to pass by um, both, uh, you know, Toyota and uh, Warner Brothers for approval. <laughs> No pressure. But, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty neat. Um, uh, real soon, there, there's something that I did um, last month that, that man, I, I tell you, I, I signed a non-disclosure on, on it, so I can't even mention it. Uh, as soon as you can, details. just let us I know. I can't mention the details of it, but I, all I can say about it is is that um, pretty much everybody you know, across the country will have access to get and see this, and, 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 it, and it is associated with a, an upcoming motion picture, and that's oh, all wow. I can really say. Just make so sure when you can say May, something, you let us know. It may do a follow-up with me, and it's really cool, and it really falls in line with um, with your all ages. I mean, it's, it's yeah, every every kid out there will get a chance to see it. <laughs> Very cool. interesting. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get the exclusive to that. <laughs> so, does yeah. that. so does that make you feel nervous that so many people are, are seeing your stuff on TV and everything? No. Well, uh, let me tell you, man. I mean, uh, one of the other things I tell anybody wanting to get into comics is, is be prepared. I mean, you know, uh, it, the, the your your days of getting to take a long time to draw a page and, and to have fun. Uh, well, no, I, I have fun every day. I love doing what I do. But, but to actually take your time with it and get well-rested and then the next day maybe do, doodle on drawing some more. Those are over when you get into the comics. You know, you get 
even like on bigger projects, you're so, you know, tired, you've been drawing so long, you know, you're so exhausted at times, you know, that it's, it becomes just a job that you got to turn out on a given deadline. And you don't normally get to really take it in and enjoy it until maybe months later, you uh-huh. know. Um, and whenever you get to settle down, <laughs> so you get to say, oh, my gosh, you know, I drew, you know, uh, Clark Kent. I, I got to draw. The, I, matter of fact, one of the things I got to do was the destruction of uh, Krypton, you know. And here you cool. know, was on national television. Anybody watching Smallville got to see me destroy Krypton. And I'm like, oh, you know, just later <laughs> on settled in. At the time, it was like, man, I was doing that plus uh, I was working for Marvel uh, doing uh, – the book uh, uh, Magic, Mystic Arcana, Magic, uh, mm-hmm. working with uh, Louise Simonson, who I was a big fan of as a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, um, she and Walt were my first comic book pros I ever met. So, so here I was working, doing both of these jobs, very important to me. So I didn't get a chance to really, you know, soak it in at the time doing it. I just had to turn it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. yeah. Besides the uh, Mystic Arcana, I was looking through some of your other work on the uh, comic book database, and I saw you did it. Marvel Adventures Fantastic Four and Marvel Adventures Avengers before you did the Hulk and then uh, for DC you've even done like Checkmate and Shadow Pact and Creeper recently is there a yeah. difference for you personally as far as the experience working with the two different companies uh, yeah I mean every editor you work for is a different experience um, I've had some I've been, I've been having, I've had some great editors lately I've, I've loved working with Joey Cavalieri Joey Cavalieri is very hands off you know he lets you do what you you know you need to do, you know, he knows you're a pro. Um, uh, Joan Hilty was uh, phenomenal. Um, uh, but she, you know, she does, she, she'll get in there and say, hey, well, you know, I don't like the way this looks. Could you change it a little bit? She doesn't ask for much, but if she, if she sees something that could be better, she tells you. And I, I love that, too. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but now I'll, I'll say this, you know, the, you know, in the past, even before this, this jaunt of me being in comics, I was in comics six years prior, and I, I was a firefighter full-time at the time, so I, I gave it up. Wow. Uh, I gave up comics, rather, uh, for six years because I, I had to pick and choose between the two. But, but at that time, I was drawing JLA projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I drew uh, Our Man. I did uh, a New Warriors over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are getting to see me as, oh, I just got back in, or just got in the business for the first time. There's older stuff. But, um, you know, the the biggest thing for me now, I was just excited to have been allowed to get back into business. You know, I, I made a choice to get out of it, and when I got back in, was asking them to get back in. They were like, man, where have you been? You know, come on in here and draw this stuff, and it's just been exciting for me ever since. Cool. Yeah. Had you found out, um, have you seen or felt like any difference in your work in that year or those six years you took away? Have you like seen any differences in your style creatively in that time? Uh, yeah, actually, because, I mean, you know, at the time I was trying to – really balance between a full-time job, a career as a firefighter, family, and also uh, comics. And so I, I had to try to do as many shortcuts as I could stylistically to try to get the stuff done quickly and get it out. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, that was just killing it, you know, it was time-wise. I mean, I was really just burning the candle at both ends. And now, I mean, you know, I can settle down a little bit more and say, okay, here's how I want to draw this, here's how I want to do it. And I still have, have the, the time constraints because because I no longer have uh, a regular income. Everything is purely, you know, each job is the job, and then next month I hope I have work. I take off on whatever I can take on. So you still have to come up with your shortcuts. 
But normally your shortcuts, if, if they're done properly and cleverly, they actually uh, make the story flow better. Um, to me. So, so there is differences, you know, in, in how I approach things now. It's, it's almost scary. Um, one, I did an interview for Wizard, and, and I, I mentioned to them, it was very scary for me to quit the fire department and get into comics mm. the whole time. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know, you, you go into house fires and put out house fires, and that was not scary to you, but to actually get into the comics industry, as I said, yeah, because there's no security in it. There's yeah. Absolutely, mm. Day by day, you, you were struggling and, and hoping you got work the next month. Uh, and, and so it's really, really tough. Mm. Now, with the latest work with the Marvel Adventures Hulk, and also since you've done some other Marvel Adventures uh, work, we're just wondering, uh, is the approach to an all-ages title, like these Marvel Adventures titles, any different from what your approach would be to a a title that's not considered, you know, all-ages? Well, uh, you know, I mean, you just got to watch your, you know, what you put in. I mean, uh, for instance, I've got, you know, if I have a fight going on, you know, definitely no blood needs to be shown. But then I've always been of the, the, I've always been of the mindset, that, that there doesn't have to be any of that anyway. Um, I'm even if it was a horror book or a scary book. I, I'm I'm always been the kind of person that's what you don't see. Like what, what's implied in the shadows is scarier than, than seeing all the yeah mm-hmm. stuff you shouldn't see. It's the whole Hitchcock thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I approach it. I, I, I've not done anything different on the Marvel Adventures than I would have done uh, working doing JLA or or doing Shadow Pact. Um, I've really treated it exactly the same. Um, one thing I've got to say, man, the Marvel Adventures stuff, uh, as oh, man, it's it's been really, it's been really fun because it is comics the way comics were when I first picked up my first comic ever. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is comics the way they were in the seventies and eighties, and uh, and it's just really, it's been really a fun ride. Um, I, I got to say that the Hulk stuff I've been doing is going to be starting off in March. I've gotten the draw. The first issue is with uh, Hulk meeting up with Doc Samson, and uh, you know, there's a familiarity in the story that they they knew each other, but this is the first time I mean, Banner's seen Doc uh, uh, irradiated and looking very Hulkish. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it was just great. It's it, it just and uh, Paul Benjamin is the writer. He's doing some really good stories, really fun stories to read. Um, uh, I've got the last issue I just completed uh, is the my favorite I mean, of any project I've ever worked on, uh, Hulk uh, versus The Thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that, that's the battle that any true Hulk fan would ever want to draw, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And I got a chance to do it, and Paul wrote a wonderfully good story. I mean, I, 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 I you know, praised him again yesterday on that, you know, telling him how wonderful I, I love that story. It was just incredible. Thank yeah. you, thank you, you know? Well, any true Hulk fan like myself will tell you that, you know, the thing really can't hold his own against the Hulk, but, you know, it is still always oh, no, entertaining. No, no. And it's understood, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's understood, but it's more, it's, it's just more like a, it's just a fun thing to see. You know, hey, who can hold their own against the Hulk? Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know uh, when I first got into Hulk, I did go to the comic shop and started going through all the back issues when I found a local comic shop in my area. And the first issues I would pick up were the ones where he fought people like the Thing and all that because I did want to see you know how he stacked up against these other characters and everything. So Hulk and Thing were some of the first back issues I ever had my hands on. That is so cool. You know, I've got uh, from my childhood I got a, a Marvel Treasury uh, edition of uh, it was a Marvel Comics you know uh, superhero grab bag for Christmas grab bag or something. Anyway, uh, um, I've got. got <clears throat> that Fantastic Four issue 25 and 26, I think it is, reprinted in there. Uh, but it's 
you know, it's it's getting to see the battle big. The old Treasury editions, you know, everything was. Really oh big, yeah. So it's Hulk versus Thing, really big action. It's it's cool stuff. Yeah, I had that first. Uh, well, back when Marvel was doing those original graphic novels, they had a Hulk and Thing one, and it was almost like a painted style. And that was mm-hmm. awesome. That was a highlight of my youth and <laughs> growing up. It was just so well done. Oh man, yeah, that's so awesome. Um, oh yeah, and, and back to projects and all that people might have seen. Um, well, well, actually, let me let me skip over to something that they probably will get to see. Um, I just did get a call from my creative services editor, and I'll be starting next week on a. Uh, and then there's no non-disclosure on this one, so I can mention it. Uh, all right, Batman. It's, it's, I'm going to be doing a uh, comics adaption of the uh, first uh, six minutes of uh, Batman uh, Dark Knight. Oh, uh, nice! And it, yeah, and what what they're going to do is it's going to be released. It's going to be uh, a re-release of the Batman movie this time with special, extra special stuff. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the all the behind the scenes, and it's going to be released with that DVD. Um, you know, in, in a, there's going to be a little magazine in there. You know, DVD size magazine and. It's going to be a comic for that. It's going to be in there. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. So that's Talk about exposure. To look out for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, and at the time, you know, I, I got to take it as a, as a pro in the business now. I'm like, wow, you know, I need that extra work because I don't know what's happening after Hulk. So it's great that this that came through, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, five months from now, I'll be able to look back at it and say, hey, I got to draw the Batman, you know, uh, adaption here. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, uh, I was going. I want to say you mentioned that you worked on that Hour Man series. I'm a big fan of the Justice Society, and I, I did read that Hour Man series. And I know you didn't do the whole series, did you? you... No, I only I did two of these issues. Um, uh, Rags Morales needed to catch up a little bit. Uh-huh. I got I got the feeling on two. Um, and yeah, that was a joy because I I wasn't too familiar with that character, and so before getting my script in, I went ahead and, and started buying the back issues uh-huh. to read. It was, that was a fun read. That was a fun title. Yeah, I really liked. I was going to say I really consistently liked it all the way through. So you know, even back then I was enjoying your work. I didn't even know it. So just wanted to say oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, and that's one of those things too. When you you know sometimes when you see comics pop up and you got to feel an artist. You know, uh, that was one of those ones I can say. You know, the, the, the editor said, "Hey, you know, can you do this book in about two weeks? You know, or three weeks? Wow. Or, you know, uh-huh. like, you know rid- ridiculously faster time." That was one of those cases where, you know, I, unfortunately, it's just it's the way it is. You you got to do what you can in, in a lot of time. But I, I really wish I could have taken more time on it because you know, Rags was doing such a beautiful job on that series. Uh-huh. I mean, he did such beautiful work, and, and uh, I was having to come in there and just be the pickup guy, is what it's called, you know, and yeah. having to pick up the, the pace. But it was really fun to do. It was really really fun to do. Yeah, yeah. I just looked it up. It looks like it was issues twelve and thirteen. Okay. Yeah, I believe that, that sounds right. Yeah. I, I, I start to lose track of the issue numbers of anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just but, want to throw that out. So if any readers want to check it out, they'll know which ones to grab. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to say I applaud your your work on that because you know it didn't really you know affect my my liking of the series at all. You know, I still enjoyed it all the way through. So. Oh, well, yeah. thank you for that. I <sighs> I knew it couldn't compare to what Rags was doing, then, but you know, again, I, I was I was in there to try to speed it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it's always good when it's a seamless transition from one artist to another. When there's a fill-in, it's not this jarring change where you're yeah. like, oh, who is this guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, okay, as far as the uh, All Ages, um, do you have any other like favorite All Ages reads or favorite of all time? Oh, 
Now, see, again, man, what's so tough about that is that, um, you know, all comics <clears throat> that went, you know, for many, many years were all ages. Yeah. All comics were all ages. Um, hmm, man. You know, I, I still have to... Okay, well, favorite read, then, for all time, all ages, would be... Uh, I, I remember buying a Digest when I was a kid, and, and, and it was my first take on Spider-Man, re- really reading and enjoying Spider-Man. It would be the um, uh, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, uh, Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, ma- again, mainly the interactions with Peter Parker and, and how he's this nerdy kid and... You know, uh, you know, all that stuff was so fun. You know, I think most of us comic book uh, readers were probably, at one point in time, if we were not the nerdy kid we considered ourselves to be, <laughs> so, yeah. so we could attach ourselves to somebody like Peter Parker. Oh yeah. So you know, that, I'd say that the, that the Steve Ditko's uh, era of uh, Spider-Man was probably one of my favorite overall. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I guess since we're talking about all ages here, just in general. What do you think about today's comics and just like basically the, just the general state of like kids in comics today as far as their accessibility and their appropriateness and uh, and uh, you know the, just what do you would you say is like the general state of comics and and kids right now? Well, you know, I, here's what I wish would happen again is that, that uh, I I wish that um, that my kids could like when when I go to the grocery store and I take them with me and and, and when we go there that they can go to the magazine section and then there's a comic rack there or a, a, even comics just on the on the basic display and that they can you know by the time I'm finished you know buying groceries they can say daddy I want this one daddy I want that one you know they they you don't you know I, I wish comics were out there at every corner like they used to be amen and I wish that yeah. they, they were I wish that they were the you know the all, all ages I, I think it's a perfect time to, to feed a new generation uh, the excitement that we had when we were kids, you know, expose them to that excitement, um, and, and, and also in a way like we were when we were kids. You know, uh, our parents didn't have to wonder if what we were reading was appropriate. You know, it was. Right. And um, and then from there, you know, if they want to, you know, when they get older and they want to advance to something like, like Ultimate, the Ultimate Avengers or something, when they become adults, or you know, whatever. Um, then they go to the comic book specialty shop and they pick that up. Uh-huh. Right. You know, that's that's my outlook on it. I, I really, I, I think the internet is the only place where they can probably find comics to get exposed to them. But I'm not sure that all of those places could be possibly, you know, uh, kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with so, you on that. Yeah, and, and so, so to me, you know, if if, if there was like a, a really like a, uh, a system again, you know, I guess the Comics Code Authority system, but but you know, for uh, the the uh, newsstand editions only of comics, that would expose people. They can say, "Man, Captain America, who is this? Mommy, who is this? Daddy?" And they they, well, I'll buy it for you, son. And you know, they take it home. It might be the first thing they've ever read as as you know, as a kid. It might be the first time they ever read anything because they wanted to find out what was happening in the story. That's a lot mm-hmm. of kids learned how to read because of comics, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just um, I, I would just yeah state of state of the industry. I'd love to see comics on on every corner stand again, uh, even in video stores. Lots of people go to blockbusters. You know why can't we have a comic racks in blockbusters? You know who's who's you know doing the marketing here? What's going on and why can't that happen? I don't know. Um, and 
I, I don't know. It, 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 uh, I'm going to turn around and ask you. What, what do you What do you two think about that? Um, uh, Eric and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, there, <laughs> we said thought there was a need for it. So obviously, because we made this podcast, but um, I mean, we've also kind of talked to other people we know too, and we've been hearing as far as like. You know why aren't kids reading comics? The spinner rack thing, I think, would probably be the same thing that Eric and I would probably agree with as the number one thing because it's just the accessibility and having it out there. Um, the other things we hear are like video games are so prevalent now, but you know, I played plenty of Atari Twenty Six Hundred growing up, so I don't think that's really so much it because you know you'll find time for video games and comics if you have to. Um, funny you mention that. I, I I did the same thing, and it was the same Atari, and yeah, I, I found time for it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's like we well, we had video games, not to the level they have them now, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I remember playing till my thumbs hurt still. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's so much of an issue. But the other thing that we hear a lot too is just the price of comics today is a reason why um, kids are staying away, and that's why I'm glad that Marvel is making some of these Marvel Adventures titles a cheaper price. Um, yeah. Makes it a little easier for the parents to buy for their kids. Well, let me let me point this out. One of my best friends for many years, uh, uh, Wes. He uh, he he also helped. You know, he was a collector of comics when I was a kid. You know, he and I were both kids, six years old, seven years old, collecting comics. But he worked for a magazine distributor for some for maybe four or five years. Uh, you know, he was the one that would you know go out. I remember when Death of Superman was going on. He, you know, he would he would put him out on the comic racks. Death of Superman. He said, "Hey, Steve, do you want to hide one of these? You know, whatever. You can pick one up so you can get a copy." <laughs> yeah, sure. <clears throat> but what he told me, and, and this is very uh, uh, something that a lot of us all don't understand unless we got this other viewpoint, is that the retailers, uh, your 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 drug stores, your Seven Eleven, your you know corner stores, whatever, they. They were not making that much money because comics were priced so low, and they have to make per square foot in their stores X amount of dollars. There, there has mm. to be a turnaround, which, you know, I, I guess the candy bars are acceptable and such as cheap price because they don't occupy as much space. But I guess the magazine racks, you know, must have. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. But mm. um, he said that that was a complaint with a lot of the retail, retail stores was that it was. Their, their profit margin wasn't enough. So that's why comics started to go up in price was for really the retailer first. Huh. And you guys ever heard anything like that? I've never heard no. that, that point of view, no, but it, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. It, it, was, it was so unique for me to have you know, known, you know, for me to know him and have, have him having been in that business for me to know that side of it. You know, it's, it's the weirdest thing, and it's, it's like the movie coming out, you know, it's, it's points of perception. You know, the comics fans have got this one outlook on everything, and the comics artists and writers have got another outlook on the state of the industry and what can solve it. And then, you know, wow, then you got somebody who distributed it that can say, hey, well, this is what was happening, and this is why, you know, they, they got rid of the racks, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a combination of all these different views, and, and I think it probably would take all those views to try to fix it, too, you know, the, really good communications with everybody and what they're looking for. And yeah. One thing... Parents I, that have kids, you know, I think the all ages being accessible on racks, I think that's something we'd love to see. Yeah, yeah well, one thing I have heard in similar vein maybe is that, you know, some bookstores like Borders have comic racks now, but the prices of the comics on those racks is more than what you would pay for at a comic store. Mm-hmm. I've heard that oh, too. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so that may be for that very reason. That might be an explanation for that. Wow, that's that's something that I, I didn't even know about that. I, I do know, like um, Barnes and Noble, for instance. I've got a, a, a membership card with that, so yeah. I do get like the 
percentage off, just like you would in a sense in a comic store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the only thing, I, you know, the comic stores are fantastic. I love the comic shops. I've got I've got friends of mine that are, are retailers. I think it's just great. But like, even when they offer a free comic book day, you know, it, that's wonderful. That is so wonderful. But but how many people are going to know about the free comic book day? Yeah. You first know that comics exist and. A lot of the comic shops, realistically, a lot of the comic shops out there are not located, you know, in, let's say, the heart of traffic. You know, they're, it's normally, you know, a place, a building that they could afford that maybe doesn't have the same, you know, traffic go by. I, you know, it's, sometimes it's not that easy to, you know, uh, to find a comic book shop. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, on, on a free comic book day, I think it would be so wonderful if maybe Marvel or DC could offer free comics to, to go to, let's Say you know, hey, make a deal with Blockbuster. Um, I know the parents bring their kids to Blockbusters every weekend. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. to get movies for the weekend. Um, I don't see parents go to the comic shops every weekend unless they're already comic fans. You know, you know. But um, I think that would be really cool. You know, yeah. they can work out something with them. Had you heard already about some of the buzz about the changes being made to Free Comic Book Day in two thousand eight? No, tell me about that. Uh, basically, all the comics have to be all ages. Oh, good. Yeah, well, some say good. Some have differing opinions on that. But, uh, yeah, as far as what the intent of Free Comic Book Day in the first place was, but, yeah, there's a lot of Internet conversations you can easily find. But apparently that's oh, a new stipulation see. this year. Ah, uh, okay. It can go both ways. Well, I keep forgetting sometimes also the Free Comic Book Days. I keep forgetting it's not just Marvel and DC. It's also the, uh, Right, um, getting some of those indie yeah, titles yeah. into people's hands. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, this is well. You know what they've got to think about now. Now, are, are are they are they catering to these forty year old adults who are already hooked on comics, or is Free Comic Book Day catering to uh, introducing new generation comics that have never picked it up? And, right. Now, yeah. now that that could be argued though. That's like I, I, I got a friend of mine working on the Buffy book. You know, there are people that go into the comic shops now that are adults that were fans of Buffy that go there to get. Season eight of Buffy, so so I guess that that argument doesn't hold hold, hold well. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, that Stephen King book with uh, uh, the Dark, Dark Tower. Tower. Yeah, the Dark Tower. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's brought a lot of people into comic shops that ordinarily would never walk again uh-huh. to. Very so, true. Um, but then again, you know that uh, and, and that helps out the industry. It really does. But then again, I, I think exposure and availability. Uh, to a product, you know, you, you tend to buy, buy something if you get a chance to see it, but if you don't know it exists, you will, will not buy it. That's, that's pure uh, marketing, you know. Yeah, kind of uh, speaking on that point, I mean, you know, we get a lot of movies that are based on comics, and there's a lot of cartoons. Like, you know, we have the Legion of Superheroes cartoon on Saturday mornings, but mm-hmm. there's nothing to indicate to the children that these things are from comics a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like, No, there's not. The, you know, something as simple as just putting a little, you know, commercial in there between, you know, the show saying, hey, kids, you you like the Legion of Superheroes, find your local comic shop and pick up the comics, you know? Yeah, or put it in the credits even. Yeah, even in the credits. <laughs> There's that number that you can call to find your local comic shops, you know, put that number in the credits. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I think that little commercial would be the better deal. Most people, yeah, so, so, so will sit through the credits to see that though, you know? Yeah. But they might, they might. But anything, it would help. I mean, you know, I... I would say that, you know, when Spider-Man 3 would have opened up, I mean, it would have been beneficial for Marvel to say, okay, we want to take a commercial spot, you know, in between these movie trailers. Let's do a spot saying, you know, hey, you know, 
you want to find out where all of these characters first came about? Well, they came about in comic books, you know, and here's here's what we got coming out from Marvel and just something to generate excitement and, and to get sick people say, you know what, I'm going to find out where to get them, you know? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of adults who maybe used to be comic fans years ago, some degree, picked up maybe, maybe they read Archie's, maybe whatever. Um, I think that they probably think comics just do not exist anymore in that form. I, I you know, many people when I say I, I draw comics, they ask me what newspaper picks up my 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 strip. That's uh-huh. what they ask me because as far as they're concerned, that's the only comics that exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a, a I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody's told me that. <laughs> you know, well, which, which <laughs> newspaper picks up your strip, and which one do you draw <laughs> yeah. in the newspaper? <laughs> Okay. Well, um, speaking on, on comics in general, are there any other you know comics in general titles that you're enjoying currently? Well, well you know, I, I again, I, I don't you know as, when you're drawing comics when you're busy busy in the in the in the, uh, uh, in the field uh, in the battle <laughs> drawing the comic, you don't get a chance to read as much as you want to. Uh, uh, what I have been doing, I'll tell you this: um, since I've been doing uh, since I found out I was doing the Marvel Adventures Hulk, I started rereading. Some of my older Hulks, and then purchasing, and I go online and purchase some back issues mm-hmm. uh, of Hulk, uh, and and I'm rereading the Roy Thomas uh, era of Hulk and stuff like that, and just been enjoying that. It, it, you know, there can't be fun, you know, but it, it, it was the kind of Hulk that I'm drawing now, and it's the Hulk smash, you know, and um, you know, the dumbed down Hulk, so to speak. But you know, which, right. which is really fun. It. Um, you know, and I think everybody's got their their most favorite type of Hulk. You know, when I, I also even re, I read for the first time because I was doing this the first three issues of the Hulk. I, I found a full reprint book on that. Oh yeah. And uh, it was so funny. I never knew. Uh, first of all, Hulk didn't speak. You know, like you know, Hulk must smash. I mean, Hulk yeah. you know was written spoke normally, and he he became Banner because became the Hulk once the once the sun went down. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, didn't yeah. get, you didn't have to get riled, and I, I never knew that all these years. <laughs> yeah, and then basically when I got into Hulk, it was when Peter David was on like issue 333 when he was just starting his run, and he had gone back to that same concept. Oh, wow, that he, he would, uh, at night, he would turn yes. into the Hulk? Yep, yep, oh, and wow. he's gray, and he talked just like, you know, like a kind of a bruiser, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think a lot of your favorite, you know, like you said, interpretation of Hulk has to do like when you first picked it up. <laughs> Yeah, and now see, I, I didn't pick up Peter Davis. I was maybe out of comics at that time and all that. But, but now that you mentioned that to me, I would I would love to actually backtrack and pick yeah. those up. I if you could get like the, the the first two Peter David visionaries, it'd be money well spent. Mm-hmm. Not very. Well. I may be misremembering this. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, no, go ahead. Back in those days, you were talking about when he was banner during the day. I may be misremembering this. But was there a time when the Hulk would like sit, give himself sedatives? So he wouldn't have to be banner during the day. Is, am I remembering that right? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm, um, <laughs> again, the, the reprint errors, the reprints that I had read was only Hulk issues one through three, and then by the time he was, uh, you know, in the tales to tales to astonish, um, I don't remember anything about and, that. Well, that, that's pretty interesting that he would drug himself down the way he didn't become Hulk. The first issue I just mentioned, three thirty three, that Peter David wrote, Hulk breaks into an alcohol store. And goes on a binge drinking. So when he changes back to Banner, Banner's basically incapacitated the whole time. Okay. And sent to jail. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> so Peter David did play that card. It was it, and it was just one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much. I thought I'd heard something like that. Okay, that's where I was yeah. getting that. Yeah, oh, so, that's, that's funny. so Banner wakes up and he's in jail, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. Now, what did you guys think of the Hulk? Uh, that was, uh, that, well, so, so, some of us call it the Pinhead Hulk. You know, it was during a time when they were drawing the great big body and the tiny little pinhead on top. But, I mean, I think he had Banner's brain at that time, which is kind of interesting because he could think like, you know, he was able to, you know, manipulate thoughts a little bit better. What did you guys mm-hmm. think of that? Is that when Peter David was writing you're talking about? Or yeah, I think Peter David was writing it too at the time. Yeah, because I know there's a time in the early 80s where he was pretty smart. And then later on when Peter David wrote, they he had like one of the personas people refer to now as like the Professor Hulk. And, uh, yeah, and it was kind of like... Uh, yeah, just like he was basically Bruce's brain, like you said, in Hulk's body. Um, yeah. That was okay. I kind of kind of embrace all the different variations of Hulk because that's the whole thing about him is all these personalities. Um, but actually, if you ask me, my favorite rendition of Hulk ever has been recently with the Hulk we've seen in Planet Hulk and World War Hulk, where he kind of embodies the best of all of them. He's kind of got smarts to him, and he got this relationship with Banner going on, and he's got kind of the cunning of the Gray Hulk, and he's got the strength of the Green Hulk and more. So I mean, that's yeah, like it's like I if you can body all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it too. He embodies every bit of it too. Yeah. Yep. And, and I know in the '80s Hulk when he did get Banner's brain, I, I know that he if he did still if he got too excited and too rambunctious, he would lose it and he would become the Savage Hulk. Again. Right. But uh, which that they that was a good mix also. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, well, it's. Yeah, man, it's been really, really fun getting a chance to work on Hulk. This this one is my last issue, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, unless my editor comes up with something more on the Hulk, and I'm just gonna miss it. It's uh, you know, any anything I get at this point is just not gonna compare to to getting a chance to draw these issues of the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you. you for some time. Yeah, I know you mentioned um, you were gonna see him take on Doc Samson, and then also the Thing. Um, you want to let everyone else know who else we might expect to see popping up? Because I know there's one in particular you told me that I know Eric's going to like to hear. Oh, man, I tell you. Well, uh, well, he's he's one of the issues he also went up against Juggernaut. Uh, it's, so you're mm-hmm. getting to see him go up against Juggernaut. Uh, that's uh, already in the bag. That's issue 10. A uh, lot of fun. And the one I'm working on right now, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty neat. It, I, I remember back when I was a kid picking up an annual, a Marvel 2-in-1 annual with the thing. Yep, and uh, they uh, all the big, all, all the all the big players in the Marvel universe, the big hitters, got zapped <laughs> up to a, a space station to go up against uh, the champion of the universe. Yes, well, <laughs> yeah. that's that's what we've got going on right now. Matter of fact, uh, before you guys called me, I was I was working on the breakdowns for a splash page uh, with uh, Hulk uh, battling against champion. Yeah, cool. When you told me that, I knew you had to tell Eric because he refers to that as like his first love of comics. Yeah, that was. I mean, I, you know, I reread. I reread that that issue because I'm doing a variation of it. You know, and, and this, by the way, you know, I don't want anybody to think that this is going to read the same way as that. That it's it's a different story. You know, Paul Paul Benjamin wrote a really great story. Really, it's going to be fun for everybody. But if you know, they don't have to think. They've already read the story, but I loved on that original story. It was so fun because man, the thing you know was just beat to a pulp. Uh-huh. And just the way that ended, it was just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then of course Hulk didn't even get his opportunity to even touch the champion in that particular issue. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that. I just he he tore up the ring, the floor of the ring, and everything. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. so great. <laughs> and then champion's like, "No, nah, I can't face you. Be gone." <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you're you're too savage for me. Well, uh, I I think anybody anybody who had ever read that original is going to be pleasantly surprised and excited because there's there's certainly there's there's some nods nods to that you know here and there. But they're going to be getting a, a brand new original story, and uh, and it's, again, it's really fun. Paul, Paul's been doing a great job on this book. He's um, he's got a love for the Hulk also. It, it, it's like the you know it's, it's it makes all the difference in the world when you've got a creative team that are. There, it's just not just a job for him. Yeah. It's, you know, man, you know, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm writing the Hulk, you know, and wow, and or drawing the Hulk, you know, and, and each of us have our own interpretations on how we want him to be seen. You know, mm-hmm. my, mine is more the boxier, um, you know, strong Hulk. I mean, the, 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 the probably closer to the one in the, the variations you would see in the early '70s, late '60s. Yeah. Um, that's just how I envision the Hulk. You know, that's the way I envision it. But everybody's got their different interpretations, and I think they're all great. You know, Hulk's a great character. Yeah. To, to draw, he's just so much fun. Yeah, looking at your comic space pages uh, that you have on there, some of your Hulk work that's coming up, uh, I guess I, I really like the way you've captured him. And uh, I mentioned earlier, too, that one of the things I loved is you have a page on there that people can see where he is just transformed into the Hulk. And you can actually see where the shoe has popped off his foot, <laughs> and that is just something. All my years of reading Hulk, I've never seen that, but it, it was just such a nice detail, um, and just gives you such an idea of like the transformation that just happened. Uh, it was just really cool. Uh, like you know, everyone should go there and take a look at it. Oh, thank you for that. And then uh, yeah, I've got also a uh, uh, Steve Scott at DeviantArt dot uh, com. That mm-hmm. uh, uh, I post a lot of my new stuff on there too. But uh, you know, I. When I'm drawing the Hulk, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what would happen if everything, you know, an artist always has to think action and reaction. If uh, if there was an explosion, you know, on this end of town, how would that affect the other end? You know, that kind of thing. You know, uh, in the case of the Hulk transforming, I, I have I had to think about that. You know, he'd have shoes left behind, and then those shoes become an indicator of the size difference. You know, mm-hmm. when you really see that, you know, Banner's leg stands five foot something, and then Hulk is seven foot something maybe eight foot something give or take the artist um you have to have something to show that that uh differential and then um that's what i was going to say there, there was something else that i had oh yeah the pants um, <laughs> the one thing that bothered me <laughs> always bothered me in the old, old comics man banner would become the hulk and then hulk's pants would would tear but They'd get really, really baggy. They, they, you know, he would have baggier pants as the Hulk than he had in, in normal, you know, his banner. And then when he shrunk down the banner again, his Hulk, his pants would shrink down with him. <laughs> yeah. so, so my Hulk, you know, his, his pants get really tight. They're ripped and they get really tight because there's no no play anymore. And uh, you know, when he shrinks back down the banner, I've, I've always got my my banner is uh, holding his pants up. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. You know, just... in a in the well, like I was saying, the uh, thing issue. You know they, they're going to, uh, to the uh, Baxter Building and all that, but I've got, you know, he shows up already having transformed back to Banner, and he's not yet gotten all of his, uh, you know, Banner clothes on, so he's got his Hulk ripped pants, and uh, you know I've got him with a rope, a rope tied around there, and, uh, and you can see visually that it's all buckled up, you know, it's bunched up because it's, it's like he's wearing an extra large size pants on a, on a, you know, a small frame. So. <laughs> And do you have, you know, you spoke about how you started with Hulk 200. Do you have any Hulk stories uh, or memories that kind of stood out for you? Oh, <clears throat> man. Um, 
I really, I really enjoyed. There is a, a Marvel fanfare that uh, Michael Golden was a part of. As I remember that with Hulk and Spider Man, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I do, mm, you know, uh, there was a what if not long ago um, dealing with uh, with the Hulk. Like what if Hulk had actually died? You know, on, on the on the planet, and and you know he'd sacrificed himself to you know to save his wife. And, right. And all that. that was a wonderful story. You know, a good friend of mine, Leonard Kirk, got to draw that, and it was just beautiful. He did a beautiful draw, you know, job drawing it, and it was a really, really good story. Um, you know, for me, any any of the stories that really reflect on how sad it is that Banner cannot have a normal life and in health, so how sad it is for Hulk. You know, Hulk, realistically, is this guy who, you know, he, he's another persona. You know, he's almost like his own creature. You know, he's not... He, part of Banner, yeah, but then again, he's, he's his own person. Mm-hmm. He wants to be left alone. You know, Hulk Hulk doesn't want to go on smashing rampages. Hulk just wants to be left alone and, and live a, you know, some kind of a normal life and have friends of some kind. Mm-hmm. And people just pursue him because he looks like a monster. And and, uh, and so that's kind of sad in itself. I think I think most stories that dwell on, uh, you know, delve into that, I think, are, are kind of stories I like. Nice. And the fact that he, he just wants to have a life and be left alone. I think there was a I think it was Jorella. It was a it was a Hulk uh, 140. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It was a Harlan Ellison story, and it really dealt with him um, having a chance of having a, a life and being the ruler of a kingdom. It was a, a wonderful prerequisite to this plan that Hulk could happen. I mean, I think it was inspired, or the Planet Hulk was inspired by that. And uh, you know, I, I enjoy that stuff. Planet Hulk was really good too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of favorites out there. <laughs> I'm sorry if, if, if you, I don't know if you said before if I just wasn't paying attention. Um, what issue did you start on the Marvel Adventures Hulk? Was it nine or ten? Issue nine. Issue um, nine. Yeah, it's going to be coming out in, in March. And uh, matter of fact, the last the issue I'm working on right now should be coming out the same month that the uh, Hulk uh, movie, um, the new Hulk movie, is supposed to be coming. Yeah, you know, I think in June or something. Yeah. So your yeah, last yeah. your last issue will be what? Fifteen something like that. Issue twelve. Twelve. Issue twelve. Okay. Bad yeah. math. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I'm just waiting to find out what else I'm going to be doing. Uh, you know, after this, it's just, just a freelancer life. <laughs> after yeah. this, to find out what's going on, uh, I'd love it. I've already told uh, my editor. I said, you know, if there's anything, anything that comes up with Hulk, uh, you know, please consider me for it. And so far, he he really likes the work I've been doing on Hulk. You can tell I'm re- I'm really loving it. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cool. Hopefully, the fans will like it. And, and you know, I I know Marvel Adventures doesn't have the same you know sell sales as the, as the regular Hulk and all that, but I mean, the, right. uh, people go out and they pick it up and they see it, and, and they, you know, and if they don't like it, you know, I want them to say that too, you know, but if they like it, you know, let let the editors know, say, yeah. hey, you know, we like this guy, let them let draw Hulk some more. Well, maybe if uh, Hercules ever gives Hulk his book back, then maybe he'd be on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's, what's the deal with that, huh? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's, I just don't understand the numbering. If you're going to call it something different, why not just start, you know, as a whole new series? And, and the only reason why I think they're continuing the numbering is eventually, you know, you might see Hulk back in that book again. Yeah, I, I think, so. I mean, if I were to guess, I mean, I, somehow we'd probably see... Yeah, the Hulk goes back to that when it's back to a Green Hulk, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. then maybe they're keeping the number, holding it tight, and for the Green Hulk to come back. I don't know, but that's just a guess because I don't. That's one thing, you know. I not only do I not know the inside scoop on what they're <laughs> planning, yeah, but even even if I could, I, I kind of don't want to know because as a comics fan on that, yeah. 
So spoilers. I don't want yeah. to get spoiled, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I figured the, one of my clues also is the fact that Art Adams is doing these covers for the Hercules series, and they're all kind of uh, uh, homages to classic Marvel comic covers. And you figure eventually he's got to have to run out, so <laughs> he got to uh, yeah, go a different true. direction eventually. Yeah, but that could be um, that could be for hundreds of issues. That's true. I don't think it'll I don't think it'll go that far. Um, I, I don't see them. Um, yeah, I I, I I don't know. It's it just I, I think you're right. I think we can all just you know speculate right now. But I, I, my speculation would be that the Hulk would get back to that title. Um, who knows? Maybe you know the Red Hulk would be so popular that, th- that there would be two ongoing Hulk titles. You know, yeah. the Incredible mm. Hulk and one Hulk Red or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you've got what eight X Men titles. So you know, <laughs> until yeah, recently yeah, they're, they're we had four Spidey titles. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, now we just got to think of one Spider Man coming once a week, right? Yeah. yeah like three times a month at least. Yeah, something like that. So, um, what's what's been their reaction on that with Spider Man? By everybody, <laughs> it's been pretty mixed. I think, for the most part, from what I've I've noticed. Yeah, we just uh, reviewed the brand new day, the first part in our last episode, and gave our review there, uh, trying to keep what came before it kind of, you know, as the context, but not try to let it, you know, influence our you know review of that one issue. Um, but yeah, it's been a very mixed review and a lot of debate <laughs> going both ways about it. Yeah, even, um, even between us, you know. Key note to all the people listening to this podcast. If you didn't listen to the previous podcast, go back to it and check that out, huh? Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, if you're skipping around. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I've that no one I've heard say anything about, though, and as far as negative on the brand new day is the, is the talent with Dan Slott and Steve McNiven and Dexter Vines and Maury Hollowell. Um, I haven't heard any kind of negative, negative reaction to that, but uh, more so just kind of the state of Spidey as it is right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that they were talking about all ages and going accessibility. I think that, that whatever decisions they made, whether they were good or bad, at least have the idea in mind that uh, <clears throat> they're trying to make Spidey accessible again. Mm-hmm. So if a kid did pick up Spidey, it would be closer to being the Spider-Man that they see in the movies and the video game. And, uh, and man, I, I, I went to the website, you know, and I looked at some of the artwork uh, on that stuff. Again, I don't get out to the comic shops because it's <laughs> difficult for me, too. It's about a half-hour drive to the closest one. But yeah. um, the artwork looked fantastic. It looked very classic. I loved it. I mean, each each of the artist teams on it, looked. it just looked great and uh, i understand that the stories are are going to be right so and you said you've already read it so yeah yeah so i'm i, I need to get caught up <laughs> get caught up <laughs> well speaking of, of good artists and writers do, do you have any currently that you're enjoying especially right now i know you said you don't really get into a lot of the current comics right now but anybody that you can think of as far as artists and writers uh, artists and writers uh, um well, I mean, again, the, the, the Paul Benjamin stuff, I, I guess, not just I'm touting this because it's, it's Hulk. I mean, I'm, as a Hulk fan, uh, he's wearing it really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a big Peter Dave fan. You know, he's, he shared with me. And so he's you know, influenced by that. But, um, um, gosh, let me, let me see. There's nothing that I get, get a chance to follow anymore. I just get my scripts in, and I have to work on them and, and do the best I can. And, and so I'm reading all the comics I'm really reading a lot of. Are, are from my scripts and uh, and I'm creating it from there and uh, and I might backtrack and read some older stuff mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah nothing nothing new that I can uh, well I tell you, Jeff Parker um, 
pretty much anything Jeff Parker does right, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff is my generation, you know, uh, and and he he loves to to you know even poke fun at, at, at things that were going on in, in comics in, in our day and stuff. And he just he's just a clever clever writer. And uh, he and I were working together at Malibu many years ago. He was just he was an artist, and he still is an artist. But I mean, yeah, that's, he wasn't writing. But um, I'd, I'd say Jeff Parker stuff. And he's written some. Well, he he wrote the uh, Avengers. Uh, I got to draw. Yeah. He did some other Avengers with uh, my friend Leonard Kirk that were just a hoot. It was fun to read Marvel Avengers, Avengers, just really great stuff. And so yeah, I'd, I'd say Jeff Parker if I was to name anything. Yeah, he's basically Mister All Ages with Marvel right now. He is, and, and man, but you know, and uh, I don't know if, it, if you guys acknowledge this or not, but the all ages stuff at Marvel, though, man, really does attract itself to people. Also, you know, again, all ages, our age as yeah. well, you know. So our yeah. our kids may not get some of the jokes, the inside jokes that are in there, but they doesn't matter because they know that they're responding to something funny. But but man, he uh, <clears throat> yeah, he he writes to our generation, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 kids can accept it and love it, and and it's just really fun. Really fun. All right. Well, we're gonna just play make believe here for a second and just say, you know, if I were Mr. DC or Marvel editor, or maybe I was an independent editor, I said, you know, just came to you and said, Steve, what title do you want to be drawing, and who do you want to be writing it? Just basically, what your dream project is. What would you go for? Oh my gosh. Um. Hmm. Well, there, there would be two different companies. You know, it would be like it depends on what company you're talking about. Uh, I would, yeah. Uh, at DC, I, I would have to say, uh, um, well, there's a combination of two. I mean, the two characters at DC, I, I, I would love to draw. One of them I, I get to draw on occasions is Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, doing a, a real, like a, a miniseries, let's say, with Batman and uh, with a true detective. Uh, plot going on, and mm. he's having to solve a crime. Um, a lot of what I entertain myself with when I'm drawing are like old-time radio shows, and I like to listen to the old Sherlock Holmes and, and things like that, and so I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I like the detective version of, of Batman. And also, you know, and on the, on Marvel's side, I mean, man, I tell you, I, I sound like I'm a kid in the candy store with an unlimited budget here, but dude, it would be the Hulk. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm right now doing at Marvel the, the one book I, I would rather do over any other Marvel title that they got right now. Um, oh. So uh, I, I, you know, like I said, kid, kid in the candy store, and and they, I've got all the money to, to rot my teeth out. <laughs> <So, laughs> would you have a uh, Would you have a writer in mind as far as who could pull off the detective aspect of Batman and who you'd like to draw or write your Hulk for you? Wow. Um, you know, all of Oh, man. Uh, there's so many good ones I'd, I'd love to. You know, I, I, I love uh, Paul Benjamin's doing, doing a great job on the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> and if, if I wasn't working with Paul and I had to pick another one to see how he would handle Hulk, um, well, of course, you know, Peter David does a great Hulk. You know? right. So uh, we're talking about imaginary, you know, we've not seen it done before, maybe. I, I yeah. would say try, try Jeff Parker out. I, I'd love to see what Jeff would do with, as, you know, it being just a Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be really fun to me. Um, on the um, end of uh, Batman, oh my gosh. Um, you know, um, 
Mark Wade did, an, uh, he, he was doing Ruse at, um, um, uh, what was the name of that, Cross Chin? Mm-hmm. I believe it was, yeah, Mark Wade was writing Ruse. Um, and I loved Ruse because it was very Sherlock Holmes to me. I would love to, to work, and I've worked with Mark Wade before on JLA. I would love to work with Mark Wade on a Batman detective type story, hmm. uh, miniseries, you know, him solving, him figuring out how to solve this crime. You know, I, I think he would handle it very well. I think he'd do a great job. I, I would love to do that. Yeah, with Mark Wade. Cool. And, and no offense, by the way, to all these other writers. Well, no, this is strictly. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it, it, these are things that I think would be interesting to do, and, and, and I'd, I'd like to see how they'd handle it, and, and uh, it'd be really fun. Cool. Yeah. They're good picks. I I noticed uh, I was reading again your bio on your on your DeviantArt page, and you mentioned that that you got a particular kick out of doing some of the more obscure uh, DC characters, like Detective Chimp and Ragman, and I got to applaud that because I love those characters too. Um, with that idea in mind, is there any anybody like in DC or Marvel that really hasn't been used in a while that you'd like to try to bring back and do something with? Um. You know, I, I, it, it, though this is very obscure, you, you you may or may not be familiar with the character, but then again, you're a DC fan, you probably are. Um, do you know who Ben Boxer is? Dan Boxer? No. Ben Boxer. No. Ben Boxer? Okay. Um, in, in, the, in Jack Kirby's series, Commandy, there was a character in it called Ben Boxer, who was the, uh, he was like the hero, the superhero of the book, but he didn't make many appearances. He would come in, help Commandy out. Show Commandy the ways of this, you know, this new world, the way the world is, and you know, uh, with all the creatures, and he he, he was just a know all, you know, he knew he was kind of like a combination of Reed Richards and, and Silver Surfer. He was able to transfer his body into this, you know, silver type uh, material, like a you know, indestructible, like an animanium type thing. Um, but um, a friend of mine, uh, Amon Tori, had written a story a few years back that, that we wanted to pitch and work on together and it featured uh, Ben Boxer in, in the, I don't know there's something about that character I think would be really fun to draw he's very obscure in the DC universe and it'd be kind of fun to you know do something with him in the forefront um, you know other than that I mean you know, you know the big Phantom Stranger and stuff like that are really really cool uh-huh. but, uh, yeah I, I, I dig a Ben Boxer that'd be kind of fun yeah, <laughs> in cool. the command the universe especially with all those those wild, you know, lion man creatures and all that would be really, yeah. uh, that would be a blast. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah, with Commandy, but that's something I haven't read yet. But, yeah, he has to be pretty obscure because he doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page. I just checked. So. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Ben, ben Boxer, yeah. You'll, you'll eventually find him, but yeah. They're, they're really a lot of fun. Again, that, that, was a, that was a series introduced to me by, by a friend of mine, and I, I started reading him, and, and man, I was really hooked, and I thought, man, that was just a. Uh, uh, it was a really fun. It was a fun ride. You know, there's certain, certain comics you can start reading, and, and you go back to your back issue bins, and man, you start reading. And say, man, that's a really fun ride, and uh, you just always remember. Um, and that was one of those for me that I, I really enjoyed. That was just who would thought? Of, you know, I mean, I liked all the superhero stuff out there and some science fiction. But that was that was almost like a Planet of the Apes type book, and I loved it. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, Eric, since you're reading DC, are they doing anything with Commandy these days? Actually, in Countdown, they're they're hinting at something coming up with Commandy. See, yeah, they can just bring that title back and just let Steve draw it. He can put Ben Boxer in there. Yeah, there you go. That would be actually a lot of that would be a lot of fun too. That would uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, they got all those Earths now. They can put you on one of them. Yeah, yeah well, I'll uh, show my DC editor some of the, the Hulk and Thing battle and stuff. I I, I 
channeled I, I channeled as much Kirby as I could think of, you know, to still keep it looking like mine. Just like I try to give it the Kirby feel, so yeah. maybe they can look at that and say, "Hey, you can do uh, you can do commanding now, man. And you got you got the Kirby you got the Kirby going." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they might be bringing him back, so you, you know, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see. Like I look at it this way: after drawing, you know, Detective Chimp and and and, and Blue Devil and all, all those, I mean, pretty much if it's the more obscure character of DC, you know, I, I mean, Rex the Wonder Dog. I've drawn Rex the Wonder Dog. You know? yeah. So if there's a chance, man, they might consider me for it, and I'm there, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's that's a job, and I'm I'm happy to do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All it's right, so well. funny that uh, we have a character called Monkey in uh, uh, in the Hulk. So oh yeah, kind of, yeah, Detective Chimp to having a monkey following me over here now doing Hulk. So yeah, well, the first rule of Comics Playground here in our podcast that we've already determined is that monkeys equal ratings. So if you could put a monkey in your work, we're more apt to buy it just based on that. So. Yeah, you know, I've heard I've heard that exact same thing. You know, I, I didn't know how much I'd enjoy drawing like a, a monkey until I, you know, I, I, you know, when I first got the script, I was like, Detective Champ, what is that? What the? And and Detective Champ had just the most fun and exciting lines in Shadow. I loved his character in Shadow Pack, mm-hmm. and I didn't think I would, but when it all came down, he was a joy to draw because he was written really fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, if that makes if that makes any kind of sense. So. Sure, that uh, makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as we um, start to wrap things up here, just I know you mentioned you know your Marvel Adventures Hulk, and then you've got the uh, preview for the Dark Knight, and then your Unmentionable. Are there any other projects in the pipeline that uh, people should be aware of? Uh, I mean, uh, I I've got something. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, a six-page uh, story uh, for the uh, Blood Rain anthology. You know, based off the video game uh, for digital webbing, mm-hmm. um, it, it's going to have. I've already done the cover to the piece, and I actually wrote a story wrapped around my cover. I did. I created a certain monster on the cover, and they're like, "Well, hey, that monster doesn't exist." You know, and I was like, "Well, what do you think? Is it okay?" And yeah, we love it. It looks great. So they wrote a story for it, um, and then I told them I'd like to draw it. So I got that. It's going to be coming out. Uh, well, I'll be beginning that uh, this month, and. Uh, other than that, I'm, I'm going to be making convention appearances. Uh, Atlanta Comics Expo uh, coming up next week. And uh, uh, there's going to be the Art of Macon Comics. It's in Macon, Georgia. It's going to be like a one-day show there. Uh, Craig Hamilton and a few others are hosting it uh, at a, a museum. And um, Megacon in, in, in Orlando. Um, I haven't done Megacon in many years, but it always was a really good show for and I'm looking forward to going back there. Cool. Nice. Okay. Yeah, we were going to ask you about the conventions you were attending, so you've already answered that question. Are there any others that you're thinking about going to, just as a fan? or Any chance of well, going to Heroes Con this year? You know, I, I, I want to go to Heroes again this year. I, I, uh, I've got some things going on. We, we may or may not be moving. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hopefully we're not moving. I, I love it where I'm at here. <laughs> so, but we'll see if, if, if we're still going to be here. I'm going to be doing uh, Heroes. Heroes is always a wonderful convention for the artists and writers because it, it still seems to be very, very much centered around comics and, and not uh, uh, movies and, and, and media guests. Mm-hmm. And so people that attend Heroes um, seem to be really diehard comic fans. And we just, I mean, you know, I love to see those. You know, I love to get to meet people that are fans also when they talk about stuff. And, and they're, they're not there, you know, asking you, you know, hey, where's where, where's the actor from Heroes? You know, where are they going to be signing at? <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. 
like, that's all wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's just nice to go to a show that's dedicated purely to the art of comics. Mm. Yeah, that's what we hear. That's why if there's you know, if that's probably the one convention I'm definitely going to get to this year. And you know, I think Eric's planning on going, and we have some other friends who are hoping to go too. So I'm um, looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's uh, all of us in comics always look forward to that one too. They, they, it's a it's a good uh, you know it, it's it's got a great crowd. You know, it's got a great crowd, a lot of fans, and, and I love it. I always enjoy it. Uh, the um, Wizard World Chicago I did last year, or, well, the year before last, yeah, and uh, and that was another one very similar to, to me. I just I loved that show too, but it was uh, I chose to drive there, and it was a long twelve hour drive. Next time I would fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chicago from Atlanta, that's got to be, yeah, quite the quite the trek. Yeah, yeah, all the farm country is something to get used to when you're not used to, like, flat country of, of just with everything looks the same for four or five hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, was, it was pretty wild. All right, well. Great, con- great convention. Yeah, we've already mentioned, uh, you know, during this interview, your comic space site, um and also your DeviantArt site, and we'll have links to those in our show notes so people can find you those ways and on our website. Um, are, there, are there any other places where people can uh, see some of your work? No, that's pretty much it. I, I did put together a uh, MySpace site, but, it, it, you know, MySpace is, is uh, not as functional to show nice, big, you know, click-on images. Mm, yeah. So I rarely go and check out the MySpace for any comments or, or you know, to respond. So yeah. uh, no, um, no. The, the comic space and DeviantArt are, are the two places that I frequent and check on things. And so, if anybody wants to leave a comment, you know, there I, I will respond. And they can you know say, hey, I, I like what you're doing here. Or they can say, ah, you know, gosh, man, I really wish you were drawing this better. <laughs> you know, they, whatever they want to say, man, I, they can say it. I'm, I, I, I'll try to respond if I can. Yeah. How has some of the reaction been from the comic space and the DeviantArt site so far with the Hulk stuff? Oh, it's been it's been really really good. But um, you know, uh, DeviantArt especially, there, there's people that are able to like if they do a random search for Hulk, you know, all these great images of Hulk pop up from all these different artists, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I get seen there a lot. And, and it just um, it's a kind of community. You know, you go to message boards, and most of the time you go to message boards, and there are people there that are that are silently hidden away complaining. You know, and they you know, I can't stand this. These people need to be you know uh, taken off the. Of, Face of the earth for drawing like this, or something. Right. You know, <clears throat> where deviant art is just a kind community of artists who who who, who get you know positive uh, reactions to say to everybody, or if they feel that somebody's trying to achieve something that they're not quite getting, they're helpful. You know, they might go in there and say, "Well, hey, have you ever tried this?" Mm-hmm. They're it, it's a really kind community, and I like that. It, I really really like that, and I, I think that uh, you know people. Dude, there's a lot of other artists on deviant art. Uh, to be found, and uh, I'm uh, bunch of the locals got their accounts there, so it's really fun to go into the art and just try to do a search for people or, or, or find you might happen upon somebody and you can't recognize them because they're using a different name. Um, I know uh, Mark Brooks um, is on there, a friend of mine. He goes by Diablo, you know. So if you're, you know, it's, you know, you have, it's, it's kind of difficult to find him, but he's there. And once you once you get on the site, you see all of this you know wonderful stuff and. Uh, pretty good. Nice. Well, Steve, we want to thank you for being on the show, being our first Comics Playground interview, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. It's been great. Uh, enjoy seeing your stuff on the comic space, and 
we're looking forward to seeing everything on the uh, Marvel Adventures Hulk. Uh, I know Eric's even more excited about the Champion of the Universe issue already now. So. Yeah, I'm already sold on it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, well, thank you guys very much, and, and good luck with these podcasts. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I'll be anxious to listen to what you've got coming up in the future. You know, I, I listen to podcasts as I'm drawing, so this is going to be one I, I, I go to every time. Great. Well, thank you for uh, joining us, and thanks for uh, being such a good uh, interview. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Right, Bye-bye. Homer Man! Homer Smash! Get revenge on world! Look! It's the Incredible Hulk! Gah! He can't be the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. <laughs> Oh, please, you couldn't even change into Bill Bixby. Come on, change! Ah, oh, forget it. I really did it once. Yes, yes. I just wish you had the power to leave my store. Almost had it there. And we're back. <laughs> we're back. And we thank Steve for coming on the show and talking to us uh, for a good time. I uh, really did enjoy that. That was an excellent... If you're going to have an initial interview, <laughs> be your first interview on a podcast, that was a good one to have. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Really nice guy. And really nice guy. Yeah. I hope he can make it to Heroes Con so we get a chance to meet him. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, definitely take a look on all his art. And uh, I want to find out what this top-secret project of his was, too, because I had my interest peaked. Yeah, I was very intrigued by that, too. <laughs> And you could tell he just didn't. He just was chomping at the bit to say something, but knew he couldn't. I personally was really excited about his uh, announcement about issue twelve of Marvel Adventures Hulk. I'm really looking forward. I know. I you know talked to him for preliminary just to make sure we had everything set up, and he told me that. And I said, "Oh, definitely make sure you tell Eric that because I know <laughs> you had that issue, and that was one that you held in high standing." Yeah. So I missed pre-ordering his issue nine, which was his first issue. So. I think I'm going to go to the, to the comic shop and grab that, and I have pre-ordered issue 10 uh, mm-hmm. this month. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay on that and, and definitely check out at least that one with the champion. And I guess I could just give you the surprise now, but the uh, Marvel 2-in-1 Annual number 7 is uh, on its way to you also. Cool. Yeah, Thank I found you. that, and I thought of you, and I knew you said you were looking for it again, so I managed to get a copy, and I, I still have it right here with me, but I'll be sending it out probably sometime this week. Dude, thank you very much. That's awesome. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so I was sitting there holding it, looking at it as he was talking about it, saying, oh, yes, I re- recall this issue. I actually have the issue myself, but I know that was one you were looking for at Mid-Ohio. So Yeah. Oh, thank you. It'll bring back your youth. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the question is, what are we doing for the next episode? Um, Again, we're going to be putting off the required reading until episode five. So for episode four, we're going to be doing a look at cartoons. So we hope that uh, people will not only give us some feedback on our forum about some of the things they'd like to hear us talk about, but also we're kind of looking for a guest to join us. Um, I think initially I said we need this by the 9th, but this episode will be coming out on the 9th, so I think maybe we give it to maybe, what, the Wednesday that follows? Yeah. Sound right? Yeah, that's fine. So that'll be the, I believe, the 13th then. Yeah, that way at least people who listen to the podcast that maybe aren't on the forum can could get a chance to, to try to get on this too. Yeah, and the people who listen to it promptly, let's let's emphasize that. You know, there's people who want to get it as soon as it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Not the rest of you who wait till 
Monday yeah, after the next episode comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if you want to join us for that episode, if you're a comic fan and you can watch your language and <laughs> care to join us, and even if you want to also um, get an independent reading review and a Wayback review since we do plan on having those in the next episode still, just let us know on the forum. Uh, and that basically is where you toss your hat into the ring, and then uh, we will randomly select someone and be in touch with you um, before the next recording. And the next recording will be happening on the was it the 14th? Then no, the 16th. The 16th. Uh, we usually record around 10 p.m. on Saturday, so make sure you'll be available around that time. Mm-hmm. And that's Eastern time. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Okay. Uh- well, I guess we'll go to uh, shout-outs. Um, well, first off, uh, our friends at the Comic Book Outsiders, uh, Steve and Scott, uh, sent us a promo for their podcast. So I'm going to put that in right here. Hello there, I'm Scott. And I'm Steve. And we're here to talk to you about our podcast, Comic Book Outsiders. We focus on comics outside the main two companies, and every fortnight we bring the very best in comics, TV, films, from off the beaten track. Every episode we've got a main feature, which could be a topic for discussion or an interview, and we also talk about some of our guilty pleasures, things that we love, but maybe shouldn't. In Challenge Scott, I pitched three comics, and we try to get them interested enough to pick up at least one. The comics can be from any company, from Image to Dark Horse to Devil's Due. And there's also the Hidden Gem segment, where we highlight a TV show or film that deserves more attention. So to broaden your horizons and find something outside your comfort zone, why not try listening to Comic Book Outsiders? Visit thecomicforums.com and click on Comic Book Outsiders. Or available from iTunes, or you can visit www.comicbookoutsiders.libsyn.com. Okay, thanks, Steve and Scott. Uh, definitely check out their podcast. I'm really enjoying it a lot. Um, they had a lot of nice things to say about us in one of their recent episodes, and I, I think they're about to stick our little trailer promo thing in, in their next episode, too. So thank you for that, guys. Yeah. I uh, also want to thank, uh, of course, as always, Derek, Comic Book Noise, uh, for uh, helping us get started on this podcast, for hosting the feed on his Comic Book Noise feed, uh, and, and just general shout-outs and hellos and thank yous to everybody else in the Comic Book Noise family. We love you guys. Yeah, and if you're not listening to Marvel Noise and Geek Brunch and DC Noise and Comic Book Noise and everyone else, uh, Indie Comic Noise, then you definitely should be. Yes. Because it's on the same feed. Why wouldn't you? Unless you're lazy. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> no, we, I listen to all of them, and I like them. So yeah. it's very – you get a wide range of comic content with the whole comic book noise family. Uh, so it's definitely worthwhile. Oh, yeah. And since we're already to episode three, I decided to look on iTunes, you know, where we do have our own, you know, where you can get just our feed if you want to. Um, but I noticed there's a lack of reviews on there. And I figure, you know, we've done actually five episodes now, including this one, if you also include episode zero and episode one half. So what we'd like for anyone who cares to <laughs> do would be to go to iTunes, go to the Comics Playground podcast page, and leave a review. Um, first of all, you go ahead and hit five stars and <laughs> use words like exceptional, Fun-filled, enjoyable, entertaining, any words like that, you can, and we'd be much obliged. I loved it. It was much better than Cats. I will listen again and again. Put that. Yeah, put that, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
that was a good skit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't really do the, right, right, so yeah. the right deadpan voice for that. I kind of messed that up, but okay. Yeah, you have to do kind of the zombie. I ones. loved it. Okay. It was much better yeah. than Cats. I will see it again and again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was that was much better on the second take. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, in all seriousness, no, if you would go there and just let people know you enjoyed the show, leave a review, give people an idea of what they're getting into when they listen to our show. Um, I think it just helps uh, as far as people who are looking for a podcast to see that some other people care enough to write something about it. And hopefully we have some listeners like that out there. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you want to uh, – well, first off, I uh, want to remind everybody, uh, Derek from Comic Book Noise, uh, every month does his, uh, his look at the uh, top five comics as decided by the listeners of Comic Book Noise and the rest of the Comic Book Noise family. Mm-hmm. Um, you send in your monthly list of monthly purchases uh, to Derek at T-O-P-F-I-V-E at comicbooknoise.com. Uh, he'll tabulate those, and then he'll uh, do a podcast at the end of every month to announce uh, – what the top five uh, purchases were. Okay, uh, and then uh, if you want to contact us, uh, you can call the Deliberate Noise audio comment line at 206-984-1993. Uh, leave us an audio comment. You can leave reviews or just, you know, say how haikus. Much, haikus, say how much you love us, mm-hmm. any yeah. of that stuff. Uh, I think there is a five-minute limit on that, so uh, keep that in mind, and uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, conversely, if uh, you want to send us a review other ways, um, you can email. You can go on to your – what am I trying to say here? I messed up now. <laughs> uh, you can use any of your uh, audio recording software. Uh, you go like download something like um, Audacity. Is that the right one? Yep. Yeah, Audacity. Uh, and record a little review for us or a greeting or whatever you want to do. Again, haikus. I don't know why Ryan wants haikus, but okay. Um, <laughs> why, did, why did I want presidential commentary in the last episode? I don't think it has to make sense. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can do that. Uh, you can uh, email, email the files to us at our email addresses, which I'll give you here in a minute. Um, and again, if you just want to write us general comments, reviews, or whatever, you can write us at cpg at comicbooknoise.com or individually at ryan at comicbooknoise.com or eric at comicbooknoise.com. Mm-hmm. Or stick it on the forum. Or stick it on the forum, yeah, at thecomicforums.com. Uh, just uh, scroll down, find uh, Comic Book Noise, and we're a sub-forum under Comic Book Noise. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, you can find us on our website at www.comicsplayground.com. Uh, we're still on MySpace, myspace.com slash comicsplayground, and we're still on Comicspace, comicspace.com slash cpg. There we go. So that's where you can find us. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you in another two weeks. Uh, what am I trying to say here? What's the words? <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you stew on it for a while. <laughs> we'll see you next time at the Comics Playground. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You have to leave that in. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Doc Bruce Banner, belted by Gamma Race, turned into the Hulk. Ain't he on Glamour Race? I might have lost as to what else to sing. Somebody was singing.
Huh? No. <laughs> I gave you a little something. And that was it. Yeah, but, um, Gracie, my daughter, put on the headset and she said she heard somebody singing. <laughs> I was trying to get her to she... say something, but she wouldn't. Oh, yeah, she needs to sing something for us. What? I said she needs to sing something for us. <laughs> she said, why do you want to talk about that? <laughs> I loved it. It was much better than Cats. I will listen again and again. <laughs>